1: This is the besotted pride of West London Podcast. and uh, we're lucky we've got a podcast this week because uh, I was a bit worried because I got a phone call that all our podcast members were going to be on strike today. But luckily, I managed to go around the house, drove around there, dragged them out there by their necks, and I've got them there here down in the bar, tied up. And luckily, uh, we've got a podcast for you today. Post Burnley podcast there's lots and lots to talk, so we're going to try and get on here. My name's Billy Grant. And we're here on tour again. This different venue again. This is the Hospital Club in uh, Covent Garden. Very nice as well. We've got the leopard skin seats in the background. I noticed you guys zebra. Are off with the zebra, zebra skin seats. Yeah, as well. We've got a leopard skin seat round the corner. That's right, Bill. That's right. I mean, I'm, I've got no idea between a leopard and a and, and a zebra. But we've got the characters in the house here as well. We're enjoying ourselves and we're having a few beers. We've been discussing all sorts of uh, industrial action tonight. I've got my man, Savvy B, in the corner here. Savvy, how are you doing?
4: I'm fine, thank you, Bill. Uh, uh, The hospital club is very, very nice, if anyone hasn't been here. I especially like the topless waitresses. Very very keen, very keen. Thanks for bringing us, Bill. (laughs)
1: That's right. Savvy, you're lying, actually, aren't you? (laughs)
4: Uh, yes i'm lying uh, but it is very nice. Very, pure, it's, it's
5: yeah.
4: very nice oh shut up dave yeah
1: <laughs> listen listen we've got our also as we say we always like to put our arm out and try and get some guests on and we've got another besotted guest in we like to get different voices or we don't want to hear the same voices every week so we got the man he's messaged us and said listen but we want to be on the podcast today we got edward the headwood in the house today the Headward, how you doing
3: Oh, very well, Bill. Thank you very much for the uh, invite to the lovely hospital club and its champagne bars and leopard skin, oh, zebra skin, chairs. Uh, and, yeah, it's been good, and I'm looking forward to doing the podcast. It's
1: all good, man. This is not, it's not real football, though, is it? Like, you know, we are going to get lambasted, aren't we?
3: Yeah, uh, I, I believe so. I, I, there's a lot of all of us have to get off our chests regarding the last week, but we, we can all chew the fat over the, over an hour or so and, and have a few more beers. Indeed, listen.
1: And back in the house, here, we got him in the West End. He's the actual the from Holland. We have the Dutchman in the house.
6: <laughs> Evening, Billy. Evening, avid listeners. Uh, listener. How are we doing, <laughs> listener, bees fans, and casual casual people who found it by accident. Um, good to be here in a new venue for me. Looking forward to discussing. Uh, we have a, uh, a a wild and varied agenda tonight. <laughs> Focus on one or two specific things.
3: <laughs>
1: and of course, I've got Mr. Dave Lane, Mr. Laney boy. How are you doing?
5: <laughs> yeah, quite, quite impressively good, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, as a as a with my podcast ahead on, well, I mean, what a week, to be honest with you. You know, you've got Tarki going on strike and you've got that idiot Durham doing his idiot Durham thing. And uh, today I met a hero of mine. I met Martin Ware from Human League and Heaven 17 for a kind of a product, a project that I'm doing with Bill. Um, we we did a Sheffield Wednesday feature on Saturday after the uh, Brentford game on the, on the Friday. And uh, Martin Ware, who is an absolutely electronic genius guru icon um so he signed all my old seven inches today hey. S- hey. M- B- lane lane, <laughs> l- lane is lane is seven incher it's uh, let's talk lane is seven incher on the besotted podcast moving swiftly on it. anyway listen So this is it,
1: we've got lots and lots to talk about so we're going to come back to all this later but first of all we want to cast our minds back to a very dark night it was a Friday night It was cold It was cold and uh, basically Brentford had 11 players out on the pitch they should have had a different 11 players but unfortunately one person decided not to turn up we'll talk about that later but instead of us talking about this now what we're going to do is we're going to go back and listen to what the fans had to say in the pub after the match when we played Burnley on Friday
3: yeah. I think first half it was like, well it was the ultimate game of two halves, right? I mean, Burnley came out, we played with respect, played the Park in the first half. No, 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 we uh, know that for a fact. Second half sat back, very typical Dash performance. We get in front, sit back, try and defend, and uh, I think we I think we did a good job at it in the end. Although I have to say we we're getting a bit worried in the away end in the second half. but I was just chatting to another Brentford fan here, and I said, you know what? If that's the kind of way he behaves, he's not a player. I think he might have shot himself in the foot by, by behaving in the way that he has. It's not a Daesh sort of player at all. That's not the kind of behaviour that we like to see. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know much about him, but the way he's behaved,
5: not keen on the guy. I was kind of expecting us to lose today anyway, so it's not the result that has me pissed off. Why were you expecting us to lose today? Uh, just the way the the, the week and why well, the last couple of weeks have gone, and we've just it, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, there's been lots of bad well, well lots of bad vibes exactly, exactly and it all culminated in um, the strike uh, today from James Worrying, worrying four games at home without a win They're almost
3: all what would it be a month a month without a win at home at least at least you got your battery working it's, I think it's showing that we need some actual football people at the club and we need some top five football people as well when now Carsley's gone. But I, I I don't know, Dean Smith. Like Dean Smith now, he's lost as many games as Carsley won. And we were banging him out Carsley winning awards for manager
5: of the month. You know, what what what's Smith and O'Kelly offering? I think we need to look at over the next three or four games now. I think the like, I think but I think I said it in the midweek one. I think Birmingham is the game that we should be really disappointed about. Um, Losing to Middlesbrough after that performance wasn't a crime. Tonight, there were mitigating circumstances before the game. We're not sure what effect that had on the team. First half was a shocking performance. It must have had an effect. I'm going to wipe out the FA Cup game because it was a cup game and so just forget it. So we've lost three league games on the trot. Birmingham, one I am really disappointed with. The other two, I think we thought we'd always struggle against. So uh, I think tonight we were expecting a bit more of a bounce back. It, It didn't happen.
1: So that was in the pub after the game. Quite a few interesting thoughts from the fans, both Brentford and Burnley fans, about what went on on the pitch and what went on off the pitch. Um, Lots of them mentioned Tarkovsky and the fact that Tarkovsky shouldn't have done what he'd done. We're going to come to the Tarkovsky thing later. But first of all, we're going to talk about that actual game. I mean, This is Brentford. Brentford played a match against Burnley and we were worried about this because we said, oh, we've come against a little bit of a dark run, a dark run. And Brentford might actually be looking at losing three games in a row if we're not careful, especially after the Walsall game. And this is, you could even say four after Birmingham City as well. And this is what happened. Now, are we on a bit of a slump or are we just a bit unlucky in the fact that we've come against the teams that we come against? Sav?
4: I think it is a bit of a blip because if you go back just three days before that, you've got the Middlesbrough game where we played really, really well. And we lost, <clears throat> but we always lose to Middlesbrough. But I thought we played really well then. Uh, Burnley was another matter. Obviously, something had happened. Uh, first half, we were really, really dreadful. Everyone knows we were dreadful. We, we let in three goals, but we, we were just being hammered for the whole, the whole half. Second half, we played better, but that's probably because Burnley just eased off a little bit. And, you know, we, we, were, we were sort of trying a bit more. But I think it's a blip because just three days before that, we were just so good against Bower. Absolutely fantastic. The headward.
3: Yeah, I mean, we were, we were excited after work. Well, I was excited after work. Uh, kind of had him towards home and then on to Griffin Park. Having a normal pint in my normal pit stop down by Strand on the Green, and then the the uh, issue that shall not be discussed for a moment uh, came up, and it, it put us on a dour mood. Uh, and then headed over to Griffin Park for a thoroughly, thoroughly unforgettable first half, where the probably the best thing was seeing uh, Billy B dressed up part Eskimo uh, in, a, in a face mask walking over. Having a good chat and and kind of being disrupted by the football. But. My jihadi
1: b outfit, you mean?
3: Yeah, Jih- jihadi b. That that was that was fully happening at Griffin Park.
5: I, I think of it as more cross dressing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I, as, as I've said, I think it was it was not a slump we're having because we played so so very well against Borough and very lucky. Uh, so yeah, we're getting over it. We'll we'll, we'll get better. Dutchman,
1: I mean. Burnley are one of the sides that they all cited as being, you know, automatic promotion favourites this season. Did you see that in them when they came down to us?
6: Yeah, they, they looked a good team. We knew there would be a good team, and with the money they've spent and the players they've got, then clearly they, um, yeah, it was always going to be a challenge. We knew that. I think the disappointment was after Tuesday, where we all accepted the defeat was possibly unlucky and a few lessons to learn. That the the first half against Burnley was was poor, and regardless of any of the situations about he can't be mentioned for 20 minutes um, you know the performance on the pitch just wasn't good enough um, you know I was also excited leaving work particularly as I left work about half past 12 uh, at lunchtime and yeah when I got there you kind of the, the news did change it but that that shouldn't excuse the performance on the pitch and we just didn't get going that being said Burnley looked good which was your original question three cracking goals for those who've seen them again you know there were three good finishes yeah, very, very good you know quality, quality finishes and show kind of yeah, sometimes the luck goes against you, sometimes just the better team scores. Second half, I think, as Seth said, we were much better, but by then, yeah, the damage was done.
5: Oh, well, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what I was more outraged about. Uh, the £12.50 cab ride from the Express Tavern to <laughs> the Globe, or tokaski not being played, or billy grant being called a shit puffin <laughs> i uh, i would like to
1: say that i wasn't actually called a shit puffin i think it was tarkowski that was called a <laughs> shit puffin though wasn't it well i think sav just called you a shit puffin <laughs> anyway we won't go there. But, there's, but coming back to the game andre gray though you talk about andre gray andre gray had a few chances and he didn't score does this mean
5: that he's rubbish no it doesn't mean he's rubbish but it, it i i was glad that andre gray turned up on friday night because we we knew that he could either be prolific or he could be really um wasteful and he was he was wasteful on friday and thank god he was because it was three nil you know he had two or three chances or four you know it could have been five nil at half time and god only knows we're looking down the barrel of something even more embarrassing than it actually was um I'm, i'm just delighted that brentford turned up in the second half alan judge in particular you know um you know, there, there are people that have got a conspiracy theory that, th- that, th- that say that he didn't perform the first half. It's, it's absolutely rubbish. You know, Alan Judge is a, a, the ultimate professional. And, um, you know, the minute he leaves Brentford, it'll be a really sad day. There's there's others that are on the periphery of of, of the Brentford squad that, you know, are linked with moves. You know, just let them go, to be honest. But it's, it's people like Alan Judge who epitomise... All the all the quality and the encouraging and the in ex- exciting things that have happened about a football club, and he he, he, he put a shift in. And um, you know some, some people saying, "Oh, his goal was lucky." No, it, it, was, it wasn't lucky. It was it was tenacious. He, he he got in there. He did what he does, and he, he's a terrier. He terrorises people, and he, and he makes his own chances. And it, that's 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 what Brentford football club is all about
3: by him I, I'd quickly suggest that uh, if anyone who saw his celebration when he scored uh, he looked pretty pretty bloody committed to Brokford and that, that might dispel any uh, conspiracy theory rumours that he played a bad first half because he really really enjoyed scoring
1: coming, I mean coming back to Brokford I mean we talked two three weeks ago about you know the January window are we going to go for it the January window are we not and it really depended on our results over Christmas and probably into the new year now you know we've lost basically a whole load of matches in a row Uh, effectively is this and I hate to say it but is this our season over Uh,
4: it depends what you say by over Um, yeah we're not going to get into the playoffs but it doesn't mean our season's over because we can still play really good football and beat some football teams and you know, for for me, that is not a bad place to be in your second year at the, in the championship.
1: I mean, which which is, I mean, this, this is interesting that you say that because you're taking the old school Brentford thought that basically we you know we, we we support your football team, so you you turn up week in and week out and you pay the money. But it's interesting because the expectations have risen, and you see some people going, "Oh, Brentford are not throwing five billion pounds into like buying players." yesterday because we're not into it but the whole idea is that you know do we have to kind of get into the the fact that we are we are where we are you know we've we are in the situation that we are because of we are small Brentford the fact that people are coming and trying to pinch our players which have probably disrupted the Burnley game and through the other games as well that is something that we might have to get used to and uh until we actually kind of find a way of getting ourselves out of the situation we're in which is kind of like a mid-table team with some good players and every time they, they put their head above the parapet people kind of nab them we're going to
5: just stay in this position I mean what do you think? Well it, it, it may not happen in my lifetime that we're not a selling club you know football's cyclical um, we're, we're 126 years into our life cycle We we're, football's going nowhere we might be here for 300 years you know God knows what's going to happen in 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 the in the next period going forward you know yeah yeah we 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 know that Brentford are a risk taking risk taking team at the moment you know it's about buying low and selling high and um you know if if anyone thinks that we're not about nurturing players and then pushing them forward and then maxing out on the profit on them and then re- reinvesting that they're 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 on a in cloud puffing land you know it, 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 it's it's it, you, know, you know Brent Brentford Brentford are in a trans a transitory period where we have to know who we are and we are a, a comfortable championship team and if if nothing else for one or two seasons you know we have to be comfortable in the fact that where we've come from over the last 25, 30 years, we've been a nothing team and all of a sudden we're someone and we're going to be something going forward. Season
6: over depends on what your expectations were as well at the start. I mean, if you thought you are going to be comfortable I mid-table, mean, well, again, most people would have probably taken that with a realistic bent. I mean, I, we mustn't also forget that the two teams we've just lost to were probably two of the top three or four teams in the division. I think no one would doubt the Middles were going to be you know, probably top one or two and Bernie aren't going to be too far behind. So again, it's, it's harsh just judging on those. There's probably some more disappointing results just prior to that where we've given away late goals that we all said you know we, we didn't mind as much because we were chasing the game trying to get the points. So is the season over? No. Can we get to the playoffs? Possibly. Will we? I don't know. I think what we must remember is we got the best part of 11,000 there on Friday night for a live game on TV and Tuesday night we had the best part of 11,000 after a disappointing cup defeat on the Saturday where we got the best part of 9,000 you know, they're three enormous crowds and kind of, you know, acts of support from the fans who are coming out to watch this because it is entertaining football to watch the Middlesbrough game was a great game to watch Burnley was an exciting game to watch albeit a disappointing first half and I think fans, the majority buy into where we are and the level that we're at we're, we're punching above our weight we're being comfortable at where we're at and we've got our sights slightly higher we may not get there this season but I still think whatever we'll
1: could go. Okay, so interesting, and you're talking about sights slightly higher. I think we'll move the subject on now to somebody who maybe have his sites slightly higher than Brentford. We're going to talk about Tarkowski and exactly how he's dealt with this transfer situation. You get a job, you sign a contract, you paid lots of money, and then one day you wake up and think, I tell you what, I don't feel like going into work today. Why? Because somebody else wants to employ me. So, I'm not going to go to work. I'll just sit at home and watch the television, have a couple of beers, call on a couple of birds, bring them around, have a bit of a laugh, because that's what I do, and I've been paid lots of money. Oh, hold on a
5: second. Shall we talk about Tarkovsky as well now? <laughs> um, well, you know, I've, I've been near to strike. I have to be honest with you, in my, in my, in my previous uh, life, when I worked for a newspaper... We 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 got close to industrial action, but I would never actually forego my livelihood. But if I was earning what he earns, maybe you know a couple of weeks' wages wouldn't be the end of the world to me. But he's let the club down. He's embarrassed us on live TV. Um, Dean Smith had to go on and justify a situation which he, is a position he, he shouldn't have been in. Um, you know, uh, one player has brought our club into disrepute, and I, I, I have to say they have to get the discipline right. And we've had best part of a week without any noise coming out of the football club. And I think that's equally embarrassing, if I'm being honest with you. We need to come down on this and we need to have a policy otherwise. You know, Alan Judge was linked with a move to Burnley, he played. Um, Tarkowski was linked with a move to Glasgow Rangers, he played. Um, this, p- they make they make De- 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 sorry, De- <laughs> De- Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Sorry. Um, yeah, he he played. There's, there's players that have got a lot at stake. There's, there's vested interest and there's a lot there's a lot of money a week in, involved in this. And I, I know I'm not I'm not belittling that there are big careers and these players have got to earn the money when when they can. But they're signed to Brentford and Brentford fans and Brentford football club. You know, that they are owed a debt, and you you ha- you got to do the right thing, and you 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 have to. If, if chosen, you have to play for the club that's playing, paying your wages, no matter who you're paying against. Well, I mean,
1: again, I mean, not, I mean I'm just going to butt in there for a start. It's like you say that you owe a debt. I mean, to me, I don't think it's even as much as owing a debt because I think that you can get very emotional within football, but surely it's not even emotion. It's all about doing the right thing, and if somebody employs you. You kind of just got to kind of do the job, and and that's the thing where it kind of kills me a little bit because it's almost like football operates in this world which is like in outer space, and you're allowed to do lots of different things. Like, say for example, like Bolton can go 165 million in the in the red because that's just what you do in football, and people expect your chairman to go and spend
5: about three billion pounds on players. You you can't have it both ways. So if you don't want to play. And you just basically cancel yourself out of your contract. You don't. You don't earn. And you then then you've got a contractual legal dispute. And you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say I choose not to play in this game. It's it's, it's farcical. It's absolutely farcical. You know, uh, Austin at QPR. You know, he he, he he didn't he didn't go on strike. It was clear that he was going to get a move away from QPR. And he, he just played the game and you just got to do what you got to do. It's badly misguided, badly. OK, I'm going to
1: say, I mean, we're going to talk about Adrian Durham even more, who Adrian Durham is the talk sport presenter. He's also a Peterborough fan who who just doesn't like Brentford. And he wrote an article in the Daily Fail um, which said about the fact that Tarkovsky was right in making the move, or that he did, because at the end of the day is that he's going to move to a better club in Burnley. And why should he move to a club which basically, would be taking points away. Brentford, if Brentford won, they'd be taking the points away from a, a potential new team who would be going to get promotion. So why should he be doing something like that? To me, it was, it was the most ridiculous argument that I'd ever heard. But to be quite honest with you, there's, he put that argument forward as well. But he also put the argument forward saying, Tarkovsky's a human being. I mean, the you day, know, you cannot help his human being feelings. And, and, and if he feels that it's not the right thing to do, you have to respect that. Now, Dutchman, I've got to ask you. Let's let's put our sort of kind of like let's put our sort of middle head. Let's let's put our emotional Brentford heads on. Let's put your other head on to say, look, maybe Durham's right. What do you think?
6: I think Adrian Dum Dum is completely wrong. With what he says, I I just can't. I've looked at it from all angles and looked at whether you can see the good and the bad. I think the only thing you can possibly say is maybe the reaction is over the top, which which I disagree with. But you could which reaction? Sorry, no. You you could say that the the punishment, the sacking, that bit maybe is over the top. You could say, but you cannot say that what he did was right. Whatever your views on the punishment are, you know, football contracts are different from the rest of the world. You, You you sign a two, three, five year contract. Most of us are on ongoing employment contracts where. Yeah, it's it's a different scenario. If you get sacked as a football player or a manager, you get paid off to the end of your contract. It's a different world. It's a different legal world. He's on a three-year contract, and he's not even halfway through it. He's paid good wages to play. You can... It's not even as if Burnley had made an offer that's anywhere near the valuation. You know, he's not agreed terms. He's not at the end of the, you know, the, the negotiation bit. If it was that they'd agreed numbers or they were close, you could understand it. They're about 60% adrift if the numbers that I've read. Okay,
1: okay. so let me be devil's advocate and I'll say, well, I'm, I'm Tarkovsky and you've, you've put a figure on me that's far too high. I mean, I should be leaving, but you've just, you said I'm worth... 8 million pounds and and I'm not worth 8 million I'm only worth 2 million pounds so what's the matter with you I don't think it's fair I'm not going to play anymore because you're just holding me back it's a restraint of trade
6: so who's who's going to pick the teams every week? You go down the Adrian Durham uh, you know, the attitude is uh, players just choose every week when or when they want to play. So when Burnley next week say, actually we're not going to pay the rumored four or five million pound for for you know we're going to pull out of that bid, and all of a sudden Sheffield Wednesday come in, or you know Ipswich come in, or someone else, and then we play them next week, and he says I don't want to play against Preston because they're interested now, and it's just seven clubs interested in me now. You know it's not like it's advanced terms; it's not like we're close to a deal by all accounts, the numbers are so far adrift you have to play, otherwise players will pick the teams and pick and choose the games you you, you can't have that situation
3: I was was having a good think about it and mainly you you have that kind of hour to yourself on on your way to work in the morning Uh, would I be able to turn up to work and go, Oh, actually I don't fancy it today Uh, I want to move somewhere else, no I'm contracted to do so, Uh, do I have personal issues, which seems to be a big point of the Tarkovsky issue does he want to move back north? Is his is his mum possibly unwell, which was mentioned. Uh, you are still legally contracted to the football club that has been paying your wages. Now, maybe there was there's ways, there's a hundred ways you could go about it. The way he went about it was not on. End of story. Um, Adrian can ship off in a way and, and and Tarkovsky needs to needs to be punished in some way that needs to be addressed by the club now whether the club makes that public which I don't think I think they've suggested they won't um, whether he should play for Brentford again is a different matter and I'm well open to discussion on this I, 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 don't, I don't think he should personally but do we let him play another couple of games to make him raise his, his value up another million and then go uh, I, I'm, I'm open to be honest
1: I mean I mean Sev I mean, this is a big issue, of course, is that the fact is that we've invested money in Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky was seen as one of Brentford's most. Valuable players. Alongside Andre Gray. You know we got Andre Gray for near to nothing. We sold him for a lot of money. But at the time they realised the value in him. At the same time Tarkovsky was the same. Um, Fulham came in for Tarkovsky a few months back. We knocked him back. We said I'm sorry but Tarkovsky is a very valuable player to Brentford. We did not want to sell him. We still don't want to sell him. But now somebody else has come in and said we're going to pay you more money Tarkovsky. We will possibly get to the Premier League. And it's up north near to all your mates. He's obviously tempted by the light. Um, we're in a bit of a predicament here now, are we? I mean, what do we do? Do we stick? It's interesting because what we've done is that we've stuck now. A lot of people keep saying, Brentford, you're a selling club, you're a selling club, you're a selling club. Every time people come in, you sell, 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 sell. All of a sudden, like, we've turned around and said, sorry, mate, you're not buying this player now. we put his foot up and he's turned around and done probably what Andre Gray didn't do, done what Odubarju kind of didn't do. But those two wanted to leave as much as Tarkovsky did, but they carried on playing. Right, So what's happened is that they've left smoothly, but Tarkovsky's gone, actually, mate, I'm not playing. So people have gone, actually, you're out of order. It's a different. It's an interesting scenario we're in at the moment now because it shows possibly what the club's up against because we haven't got the money to pay like Burnley do, the money that Hull have done. We can't pay him 15, 20, 25, 30 grand a week, though, can we?
4: Uh, no, we can't. I think there's one thing to sacrosanct in football. So the manager picks the players and the players play. and and he's broken that he's broken that 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 basic bond between between club and players I think that's going to be a problem Um, and
1: fans as well don't forget
4: yeah and fans and fans and I think that the, the valuation thing's interesting because if we value him at X and no one gets near that I mean I was talking to Dutch about this earlier if you go to the bar and ask for a pint of beer and it costs you five they say it's five pounds so well I've already got two quid you're not going to get that pint of beer are you so if Burnley are coming in with a £1.7 million offer or whatever it is and we say he's worth 5000000 million, they're not going to get Tarky. He's that pint of beer. I mean, what the, the problem is is that there's only one Tarky. but if we sell him, if we end up selling him for £2 million or whatever, what it does is it means that all of our players are for sale at any price because they can all go on strike, they can all do exactly what Taki's done and end up leaving the club at a valuation which is less than what we put on them. And we can't afford to do that.
6: So we have to get really strong with Taki. I think that's the. Well, I mean, once more, he has got a get out clause. His get out clause is at the end of his contract. He can go. You know, he's not tied in for life. It's a different type of employment contract. He can go. His worst case scenario is he spends eighteen months at Brentford. The reality is, with most contracts, it winds towards the end, and the clubs realise there's no fee to be had, you know, the numbers might come down. But right now, is Brentford own the potential to sell that? At the higher rates, you know, he has got that get-out clause. It's not an ongoing contract; he can go at the end of his contract for free, and there's nothing the club can do to keep. Well, it. I suppose
1: Charlie Austin is a very good example of that. I mean, obviously Charlie Austin scored lots of goals, he could have gone at any time. You know, he kind of stayed at QPR until somebody bought him. There was no. Word of him going on strike as well, but obviously QB, I wanted to try and get a value for him. They never got the value. Every window, Charlie Austin was going, but he never quite went. He went this window to Southampton, what, for £4 million. Southampton, gone, what a steal, what a bargain. But they've just known because you know, because, <laughs> because they've known that it's three or four months down the line, he's going to go for a free. So that's the situation that you're in, but you've got to know that when you sign your contract. And at the end of the day, it's almost like you can't have your cake and eat it. Tarkovsky came from Oldham. Thank you very much. You know what I'm saying? He was from Oldham and he took a step up to Brentford. He took a step up to Brentford to go from Division 1 to the Championship. Right? He increased his wages, increased everything else like that. You've got to take that, you know, as it comes. At the end of the day, you can't then turn around and say six months later, I'm sorry, I'm not happy with what I've got. I'm going on strike because I want to go somewhere else. It just doesn't work. You've got to do your business in the right way.
5: I think if we look back at the Tarky deal, when we we signed him from Oldham, we signed him... And then loaned him back. And the loan back didn't quite happen. So uh, w- whether that was whether that was manipulated or not, we, we'll, we'll probably never know. But I think it may have been a sweetener for Oldham. But Tarkey, I think he's easily swayed. And I think he's been swayed really the wrong way on this one. Um, w- uh, whether he plays or not on Saturday at Preston, we- we- we'll see. If he does play he's not going to get a good reaction by by the Brentford fans. You look at every single poll. We, we had a besotted poll where over 80% said he should never play for Brentford again. There's been as other polls, there's, there's polls in the GPG and there's, there's polls on there's polls on the Get West London. Well, to be fair, the
1: GPG actually says that you know he gives an apology and it's it quite high It's about 60 yeah, but, or 70% for yeah, his apology and
5: you should yeah, you about, get go the side yeah, but if's, ifs, ifs I, I I haven't read an apology yet um and, and at the moment at the moment he's he is he, kind of like a he's like a, a renegade striker and we've had no correspondence we've had no communication out of the club and I'll, and I'll be honest with you I'm very very disappointed the discipline of the football club across this whole season has been poor you know Okay, and we're
1: going to come on to that in a minute because I know it's something that's been harking on you and it's something that we've been discussing for a while. But let's just come back to the Taki situation because we're going to do a, f- a few parallels as well with Tarkie as well and also draw a parallel with, uh, we're going to talk to Mr Adrian Durham, which we need to bring into the fore. But first of all, I know the head would, you've got something to say. about this um,
3: Yeah, so I, it's something that's just become very topical in the past day or two, uh, which is... Almost similar to the Tarky situation is the David de Gea situation for Man United. Oh, nice for yeah. David, David, David de Gea, uh, thank you very much. Um, and and you know he's he's prepared to leave his club, he's to leave Manchester United on the line, and then at the last minute all the paperwork falls through and he's got to go back and play for Man United. Now, as a Man United fan, would you want to go? Oh, he's wa- he wanted to go. He did, really didn't want to be with us. He wanted to go Real Madrid. That's that's his prerogative, but we were ready to sell him. Now, as of today, I think it was he—he's put out an article saying, "I want to be a Manchester United legend. I'm prepared to spend the rest of my career at, at Manchester United." Nothing so, has to
6: do with you're in a transfer embargo for the next 12 months, of
3: course. <laughs> well, no, obviously not. That's that. <laughs> nothing. None of that came into play. But I mean, if if Tarkovsky does ever come and have a run out in the red and white again. And then in two, three years' time, we've kind of swept it under the carpet and forgotten about it and said, I want to play the rest of my days at Brentford. How would we feel about it? It's, it's an open question.
1: I mean, again, this and that's a, that's a very good question because the thing is, as, as football fans, um, it's probably different for Dalkowski because he plays in defence, but it's interesting because if Dalkowski was an attacker and he did that... striker. He was a striker. A striker.
5: Offensive, <laughs> not defensive. Oh yeah, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry, guys. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if he played up front, and uh, yeah, well, you know, the way that we are sometimes up front, we keep seem, seem to send centre backs up front into, into that striking goal, don't we? Oh, yeah. So, oh, very oh, very good, Sav. Sorry. I'm a bit slow here. We've had a, we've had a few mosaics and it's, uh, it's all gone down. But, yes. But, anyway, so but if he was a, if he was a real striker, as in the number nine, you know, right in the middle striking, um, would we act differently? Because, you know, if he was scoring 15, 20 goals a season and he said, I don't want to play for you, and all of a sudden he said, actually, I really love Brentford and I'll come back, would the fans go, oh, well, actually, we'll forgive him because... He's scoring goals now. Uh,
5: if if buts and arseholes, Bill, you know he, he isn't a striker, and he's just really embarrassed our football club at the end of the day. And that's the reason I rang up Adrian Durham to be honest with you is the fact that I knew I, I knew I couldn't win the argument because he's he's in control of the mixer mixing desk. Um, but I, I, he needed to hear. I, I wrote an article, and I didn't want to hide behind words. I wanted him to hear my voice, and I knew that. I knew that he could win, and, and he will, always will win, but Tarkey should have played for Brentford on Friday, and there's, it's indefensible that he didn't. And, and if you're listening to this podcast and you don't understand the,
1: the Adrian Durham situation, what happens is that Adrian Durham wrote an article, as we said, in the Daily Fail, which is a, a very, very biased article about Brentford, and how Tarkey should have actually done what he did, as in not playing for Brentford. So uh, they've actually run up David uh, uh, Adrian Durham on the talk shows,
5: um, talk, the talk sport show. You you always call me David when you're trying to tell me off. Uh, Sorry, I'm (laughs) not telling you off. I thought you did very well, actually.
1: And uh, so he called him up on TalkSport. He had a word with him. They had a little bit of beef. Um, He he was quite bullying, it has to be said. However, we think that you very much held your own and you put your point across. Um, We recorded it. We've actually put it out on Besotted Audio Boom. So if you check out audioboom.com, Besotted, you'll check out the TalkSport interview. Dave Lane and Adrian Durham, and like I said, he held his own. And you could have your thoughts on that there very much. But what he was, he's very, very condescending. He very, very much hates Brentford. I mean, I don't know what it is with him and Brentford, but he hates Brentford absolutely. But, you know, we've taken it out. I mean, Edward, your, your thoughts on Durham? I just think
3: from, this, from listening to the conversation this morning. Uh, there might be an underlying, it must be an underlying problem with him at, at Brentford, mainly because of Warburton gate. Uh, I, it moved, the, the conversation moved very quickly away from Tarkovsky to Warburton, 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 look what they did to Warburton, look what Brentford did to Warburton. He obviously hadn't read into it, hadn't looked at actually what happened, but it, it just seemed, it moved straight away from Tarkovsky and it seems an underlying problem with him. I,
1: but again, you know, if you know the history, because we've got, we've got history with Durham and it goes to two years back where two years ago he was calling us Loneford because we had loaned too many players out as far as he was concerned. And in effect, he was slagging off Warburton for bringing in loan players into his side who were successfully negotiating their way to promotion from Division 1 when his team, Peterborough, were doing nothing. So he was spending his whole time berating Brentford and Warburton. So you could see where he is. He's not consistent. He's like one minute, it's like Warburton is absolute nonsense and he's just got this really rubbish strategy and and now he's an absolute god. So if you get time, just listen to this this because it is just one of those things where... it's only about eight minutes long and is absolutely ridiculous. But like I said to you, Adrian Durham is one of these people who's who gets a national voice and he says certain things about our club where the thing that annoys us is that if you're going to say something, just get your facts right. His facts aren't right. They're all over the place. They will change next week or the week afterwards. He seems to be a little bit rattled because, I mean, we've been busy all afternoon and we quickly just flipped onto Twitter this afternoon and it's gone a little bit berserk.
5: Durham just keeps going, hey, these Brentford fans, they don't know what they're talking about. Right, you know. I, I, I have to say, I mean, you know, and he would, would love that I've said this, but just the use of the word shit puffing <laughs> is, 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 is something that I, I, I can't condone it. But,
1: but where did it come from? Sorry.
5: Well, it's just it's it's a a term of derision towards his poor journalistic and where did it come from I mean oh god how how, where did shit puffing come from god God only knows mate Christ knows from some dark corner of someone's mind but (laughs) I just love the term shit puffing and the word and, and it being correlated with Adrian Durham And that's a personal opinion from Laney
1: as well. We're going to try and keep it professional here on the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And cool about keeping it professional. We had a player who very unfortunately was close to our hearts and he's left this week to go on loan. To a Spanish club. We talked. We discussed him last week. I think. Um, Hotter. Who we love him. Scored a goal in the last minute. Against Fulham. Scored a goal in the last minute. Against Fulham. Again. At their ground. Scored a goal against Fulham this season. But it wasn't allowed. I mean. He loves scoring against Fulham. But unfortunately. He's back to Ebar. Various reasons. Personal reasons. Um he got injured and unfortunately he didn't quite get back into the side and you know things have taken over which has resulted in him having to go back amongst his family amongst a, a zone that he knows Bredford fans are quite gutted Hotter could have just gone see you later I'm off but however no he didn't he took probably the exact opposite point of a, uh, a way of approaching it as opposed to maybe a player like Tarkovsky or anybody else did didn't he well
6: yeah Yotta. Has handled things exactly the way that he should, and we were talking about it earlier. I, I need my heroes at Brentford. I love, you know. You see people like a who come back at the weekend. If you if you start hating everybody that leaves, or everyone leaves on bad terms, you don't end up with it. You know, there's no 150 years of Brentford because the last 25 years you just write it all out. You know, Hotter's Hotter's statement you know, brought tears to Brentford fans' eyes, and actually, you know, he, he he's gone. He, he's he's leaving us. He may come back. You know, you can argue whether the year extension is anything other than a, you know, it gives us control of his future. If he goes over to Spain and becomes a big star, you know, were that to happen, which he's more than capable of doing, we own him. You know, we could, you know, we will benefit from a transfer potentially. Whether he comes back, I'm, you know, I have my reservations. I'd love to see him back. Part of me actually doesn't want to see him back. It's quite nice to park a hero, freeze it, leave on good terms, and.
3: Leave, oh, 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 and oh, I mean, what is
1: interesting as well is the year intent, the the year extension in principle he didn't have to do a year extension again if you think someone like Tarkovsky and you say look listen mate you know you've been out for six or eight months and you haven't played and you know we've got to get you playing so you want to go and play so we're going to send you over to Spain um he's gone over to Spain and said look you know I really love Brentford the way they've played and and he said I'll sign another year which basically gives us a bit of time to actually potentially if he's going to go maybe get a bit of money for him as well because we have invested in him no one knew
5: about him we put a bit of time and money into him and all of a sudden he's a star and people are into him again one word sums all this up
1: manners manners manners,
5: manners. absolute manners you treat people how you want to be treated yourself and Yota uh, is an absolute gentleman and there's no one that will not wish him his partner, their newborn baby, every single second of love and respect. And if that has to happen away from Brentford and our part of Middlesex, then you wish them all the best will in the world. And if he comes back to us, then we're welcome back with open arms. And you, it's how you, in life, you have to conduct yourself in a in a... In a, in a In a magnanimous way, and he's done that. You know, he brought, he did bring a tear to all our eyes in that letter. He knew, we knew what Brentford Football Club meant to him. And if he has to go back to A Bar for six months, twelve months, eighteen months, with a possibility of him coming back to Brentford in the in the promised land of the Premiership, then so be it. And we're welcoming him back, and we will love him still. And if he doesn't, then good luck for the future, mate. He's a,
4: he's a class sax both on the field and off it and he gave us a beautiful year a really really beautiful year and uh, I mean for, for different generations you know, this, this, this is gonna be, there was 10,000 die hard Brentford fans saw that year of Hotter and they'll remember it and how many people saw that year of John O'Mara we still remember John O'Mara 43 years ago something like that it's incredible you know, and, and he's, he's, he's our generation's John O'Mara
1: I mean, again, it's, it's interesting because, again, as football fans, you can see the way that the, the empathy. I mean, there's like, you know, again, with Tarkovsky, very spiky and, like, you know, almost like getting defensive because you're almost like you're defending your club about the way that you feel your club should be treated, like You know, whereas you feel that, you know, with Hota he's not taking the piss and I think the thing about with football fans is that you just basically don't feel that you want people to take the piss out of you and you might say it's inexperienced because you might say Tarkovsky's young and he's done something and his agents told him to do something but the fact is you've it's almost like you've got everyone's got to understand all the different elements of the football right it's about the fans about the owners about the, the people that work at the club everybody and the fact is that I think that Maybe the reaction That's come out Of the Tarkovsky Situations Might have been A bit of an eye Opener
6: I think The small point For me is The fact that King Yotta Has treated us With such respect Allows the club To give him back Something in return You know the club in answer the club didn't have to let him go away for eighteen months. You know, he's also under contract. It's that give and take, that backwards and forwards bit. Because Joss has behaved the way he has and extended his contract and done everything properly and with manners and respect, the club's then able to treat him in a different way and offer him the, you know, the, the, the trip back home that he needs to do it. I and mean, that, that's the whole point. It is. A, it is a working relationship with a, uh, an employer and employee, and it, the way that he's handled it enables him to. Been given the freedom to do it, and that's the way that things should be done. It's that simple.
5: It's buying. It's buying into the same mindset. You know, it's almost like a union. When when you join a club like Brentford, you you're you're buying into or you're you're signing into another entity. And you know, it's not it's not quite collective bargaining, but but basically, you know, you are joining Brentford for the betterment of Brentford. You know that it's a stepping stone for you. And if you play well, they'll sell you on, and and they will respect you as a player. Where it doesn't work is somewhere like Tarkovsky, where he's he's undermined that, and and, and he's and he's completely said, well, it's all about me. And I'm not saying there's no way back for him. It's it's a difficult way back.
3: Uh, it's it's been said a hundred times that uh, just on on the notion of Jota leaving, and we're also disappointed that he's loving, we, we, we love him, and we, we wish the best for him, and he handed himself like a complete gentleman, but at the same time, he is the perfect example of this wonderful statistical model we've got, that nobody knew who he was when we bought him, nobody knew who he was, we threw him out in the championship slowly, and then he just started getting game after game after game, became a fantastic player, and will become, will go on to do fantastic things, so... It does it? Does that then prove as a perfect example to the statistical model works? And I think he was our uh, he was our kind of asterisk next to the name for, for for the for the statistical thing.
5: In, in the same way as Tarkowski is, you know, we, yeah. we 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 picked him out of a, a thousand or a hundred centre backs, and we chose him because of his performance. And he ended up at Brentford and he, he's moving on. So it's an- and Andre Gray. And Andre Gray. Yeah, but it's, it's another example of that talent, that raw talent, that, that palpable talent coming to our football club, flourishing and us moving on. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have to become used to the fact that the players that play best for us may not be with us in five years time. But ultimately, we need, then we need to work out where where is that turning point? Where is the where is the point that we have to retain these players? These players that take us to the next level. We're we're all learning, and talking about. I mean, we're talking about learning
1: as well because we were talking about earlier about the the management. I mean, this Tarkovsky situation. I know you're saying, and a lot of fans are very very. very I'm a little bit angry that it's gone a bit quiet over the last couple of days. Is he getting disciplined? Is he not getting disciplined? How have we dealt with this situation? Have we dealt with it in the right way? Have we dealt with it in the wrong way? And then we start flipping back to, like, over the season, we've had pitch gate situation where we had a pitch where we've had players injured and games cancelled and we had to give fans their money back because they bought tickets for trains and they shouldn't have done down from Birmingham and stuff like that. And we're just saying that, you know, obviously the club is is, is still learning and it's on embryonic stage, but... Have we learnt enough over the past couple of months? And are we dealing with these situations right? Are, are, this Tarkovsky situation, is the management, have they dealt with it right? Have they dealt with him in the right type of way? Uh, is the right type of message going out to the fans about what's going on? Is everybody happy? I mean, I'm just, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on this, Seth.
4: Well, we've had no message from the club, really. So um, we, we don't know. Taki hasn't come out with, with any kind of message. The club haven't said anything as far as I know, unless I missed something. But So, so we don't know. So we're, we're all sitting here waiting for Saturday to see if he, he starts playing.
1: I mean, But is there a reason for that? I mean, sometimes you might think, that, well, hold on a second, we've got a bit of a shit storm here. Shit. So maybe, yeah, <laughs> shit, yeah, shit puffing in the shit storm. And uh, But maybe we need to hold back a little bit now, let the shit storm die down a little bit. And then afterwards, we'll come back with exactly what our message is and then we'll tell everybody. So, you know, the shitstorm was over the weekend now, dies down a little bit. But Thursday is the normal press day for Brentford and maybe some, a bit of information will come out then.
4: Uh, maybe it will, but maybe we'll wait until February when the, when the uh, window's shut. We, we don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's been quite a while now since last Friday. And I think we should have got something out of the club or something out of Taki. I mean, t- Taki does have the option to write a, a hotter type letter. He can't actually make a statement.
1: He, I, I, you're, you're presuming he can write, right. though.
4: <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure his agent can, can write on his behalf.
1: But, I mean, actually, I think he probably could write better than his agent by the sounds of things. But let's not go into that.
4: But but to be honest, it is not that difficult. I mean, he could have said, "Look, I, I, you know, on Friday, I didn't know what was going on. We've had offers, we've had counter offers for me. I don't know if I'm going to be playing for Brentford next month or whether I'm going to be playing for Burnley or whoever." He says, My head was, you know, you could say my head was all over the place, and I thought that if I go on that pitch, I won't, you know, I won't be able to play to my full potential and I'll make a fool of the club and myself. Well, he could
5: have. In, In life, there's no way that you can go through the whole of your life without making mistakes, and sometimes you make massive mistakes, and sometimes you have to hold your hands up and you say, I got that wrong, and I think now is probably a time where someone that someone. With the name, with a with a Polish-sounding name, that holds his hands up or his ears up and says, I, 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 "I've I've made I've made I've made I've fluffed it I've fluffed it a little bit I'm really sorry and I wish I played last week and I'm here I'm here at Brentford until I'm not here at Brentford and we might we might forgive him but the minute all, all the time sorry not the minute all the time he doesn't say anything when and Adrian Durham is doing what he does. It's making it toxic and that's not good for anyone.
1: But it's uh, close to coming back to the question about the management of the club. I mean, have they dealt with the situation, right? Are we learning from the mistakes that no, we've had in the past?
5: No, no, we're, we're not, we're not learning. The communication out of the club, out of, out of things that are going wrong. is not right. It, is, it isn't right. Um, from, from the pitch, um, and to this, and to Warburton Gate, it, it, the, the communication out of the club has not been good on any level. And they have to get it right because all it's doing is it, it's making the doubters and it's making it's making the, the idiot commentators their position stronger and stronger. And if you, if you believe in a system and you believe in the future of Brentford Football Club being strong... You have to communicate it well. It isn't rocket science, Bill. It, it really isn't. You just if 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 if, the, if X if X makes sense, you have to you have to sell X. If Y is wrong, you have to say Y is wrong. And we're not getting we're not getting any messages.
6: I have to say I disagree slightly with some of that. I think generically, the word and the comms from the club are pretty poor. You know, and we we say that. I'm just talking specifically about the Tarkovsky thing if I may, ignoring the V signs being flicked at me by my friends around the table. I just think, you know, there's only so much you can say. (laughs) they have just changed the sign. Um, There's only so much you can say at this stage. There is a danger of rushing out a statement. The club have come out and said that they will discipline, you know, Tarkovsky. You don't want another knee-jerk reaction. You can react too soon to these things. You know, at some point it needs to be done, whatever we are, five days, six days from that game. Um... You also have to accept, I think, that Brentford have got a fairly decent reputation for handling things quite well in terms of dealing with other clubs, and you know the confidentiality we get feedback on that. So I think on the transfer side of things, we're always told that we deal with things quite well, and that does include a level of confidentiality and not leaking things out to the press and being a professional and stuff. So I think maybe this falls under that. I mean, they they have to deal with it. I'm not as agitated, perhaps, as some that it's not been done yet. Um, it will come out clearly in the next five to ten days. Does he play on Saturday? Does an apology come? You know, we're talking about what we would say if an apology comes. That hasn't happened, and that's a criticism of him rather than the club, for me.
5: You know, the, the, so the, you're not calling for him to be hung by the um, flood diets? Um, not necessarily. Just not, not 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 the next few days. Though. I'm saying not this week.
6: You know, I'm I'm, I'm just saying. You know, for, for, I'm saying for me at the moment, the onus is probably on him as the individual to apologise and or explain his actions rather than the club kind of go public on what they're doing and what's technically a private matter. So you're you're calling for
5: corporal punishment rather than capital punishment?
6: I'm just calling for delayed punishment. I'm saying we, you know, (laughs) right now you can't necessarily expect that sort of thing to go public all the time and then have that reputation for being a very decent, well-managed, confidential club. So, you know know my views on it. I I, I don't want the guy ever to play again. That's my view as it currently stands. If he apologises in a certain fashion, I'll review my stance based on any apology that may or may not happen. The club bit, I'm not
5: quite so worried about
6: because... I think that, that will um, your um, And where
5: do you stand exactly on the term ship
6: Um, I stand just to the right of the uh, the Ealing Road stand, <laughs> um, standing next to a bloke in a ship puffin outfit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so listen, so I mean, listen. We, I mean, we're talking about the strike situation as well, which is obviously very prevalent in the Brentford scenario. I'm sitting here with a, a, the, the room full of Brentford characters here, okay. and uh, we're thinking, hold on a second, you know, Downing Tools. I mean he's decided to down tools But surely Somebody in the room Must have decided to down tools So I'm going to go around the room here To find out Like, Have you ever You or One of your close mates Or do you know a situation Where someone has down tools
5: Well I, I, I took uh, I, t- I did once take Secondary strike action When I was at the FT When I was deputy father of the chapel And what is secondary strike action Have you explained uh, to people that was when we went on strike In support of someone else That was on strike when we had no mandatory reason to do so, basically <laughs> it's when we wanted to go to the pub for the afternoon. it was back in the eighties and we could do what you wanted back then um but no no i i I think the you know responsibility of f- for the employer and the employee you know going forward thirty years is um is is, is, absolutely, is absolutely essential you know you've got to have respect for each other you you can't, you can't you can't just take action you can't just say. I don't want to turn up today. You can't. I've got no specific,
6: and um, the, the industry I work in doesn't really allow that sort of behaviour. I, I did kind of mention it once, and it was made quite clear that wasn't really a, a career option for me. I think you know the, the interesting thing, perhaps reversing back to um, to the Durham stance and the fact that he works for the Daily Fail, is their general view on on strikes. You know, the fact that they're backing this one, but then, you know, we'll have front pages condemning nurses and junior doctors, etc., etc., going on strike. And, you know, that whole anti-strike rhetoric that, that his um, employer happily, you know, spouts out on a daily basis, but then chooses to back the most random strike that most of us have ever known, even more random than Laney's, striking because someone else, another company that he once met, well, wasn't, wasn't being treated bite, fair. Bite, bite,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was
5: all over lunch and vouchers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, on a very, very different scale other than than work related. Uh, Also in the kind of January window, we we all find ourselves in with resolutions. Uh, I've been finding, my my pal and I have been making our own biltong, which I'm tempted to coin as Brentford biltong. Uh, And it gets to a stage when you've been making it and you you, you, you slice off wafer thin pieces of beef and you can just eat and eat and eat and eat. And three, three kilos turns into about one and a half, but still one and a half kilos of beef goes very quickly. So we had to put ourselves on built-on strike, uh, which I'm still on uh, until, until the February window is closed. Excellent. Uh,
4: and one man can't go on strike on their own. It's, it's This isn't a strike. This isn't a strike. This is just him being a twat. <laughs> so, 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 I want to say, Sav, can you can you
1: put those placards down now, please? You know what I'm saying? So, so, the,
6: the use of the word strike was quite interesting because when the news broke on our very expensive cab journey from the... From, from Q Bridge on Friday you know the word strike was in that bit and I'm, I'm not quite sure where that word came from in the talk about actually a guy refusing to play well it, it, ca- it came from report. our vocabulary
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we, yeah. we know the yeah we made it up yeah and, and, and I'm, on, I'm on the strike action bit as well I, uh, I'll i actually hop back to the days when I was a paperboy and uh, I remember actually I was not very happy with the, the fee that we are getting uh, as a paperboy so uh, I got all the paper boys actually all lined up on a, on a Sunday we turned up at the paperboy shop and then we went in the owner and said right we're not delivering the papers we're on strike and he said you're not very happy you're 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 sacked and so we, we were on that side we sort of got placards and we were like outside the shop trying to get people not to come in and uh, it lasted about three hours and he just said i'm not going to pay you any more money and then we thought oh, we better give up so we went inside the shop and we said all right we we, we we give up it's rubbish strike and he said all right that's all right you're sacked mate all the rest of you are in but you're sacked and he sacked me and he got the rest of them in and everyone went right well, everybody out and we were all outsiders we going to be a strike for another three hours so that was uh, that was my, my my history of protesting when I was about eight eight years old well done
5: yeah thank you very much did uh, you want to
6: work for a rival news agency at that point was, was there interest well in well, I, well, I, well, I, well, I did actually
5: your delivery round. Well, well I did try I, I did try did I just I did. did John Menzies come in with a rival bid to your house yes yeah
1: that's right it was all over the news as well but anyway that's the score
5: did they call you a shit puffin <laughs>
1: (laughs) I think the owner of the paper shop called me a little bit more than that at the time, to be honest with you. So, we've got a game on Saturday. Would I say it's a big game? It's probably a big game because we're playing Preston North End. And uh, the last time we played Preston... Preston were down there. We were kind of sort of up there middling and Preston was seen as one of the rubbish sides of the season. But now Preston have turned their fortunes around and Preston are kind of on the same level as Brentford now. So I suppose us going up to Preston now will see where we're at this division really. Um, So we go to Preston. We haven't got a Preston fan because we were talking too much about uh, Tarkovsky and Adrian Durham and that we just thought you need to concentrate on that and we'll come back to Preston next time we're going to go up there and have a laugh at them anyway but listen Preston and Bees we're going up there what type of tea we're going to have is Tarkovsky going to be in or out we thought we might have a few other players in we might thought that actually and we're going to talk about this as well now just briefly Evans Evans from uh, Walsall Dean Terry, Smith. Terry Evans Not Terry Evans. Terry Evans is. uh, Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's right. He he was at um, Wasp, I think he's at London Irish now, or something like that, if you didn't know. Yeah, bejesus. But we're talking about Evans, who plays for. or played for Warsaw. Recalled by Man City. We thought, hey, brilliant. Brentford are getting their swerve on. They're going to sign Evans from Warsaw. Very highly recommended player. Boom. He goes off to Reading. Uh, Are we in a scenario where we're not being proactive enough in getting players or can we just not attract them or maybe did Tarski, Tarkovsky, Huskygate turn players away?
5: Possibly, Bill. Um, It's it's a really difficult one to shout. We need to be proactive or reactive in this transfer window. The, The January transfer window only works for football clubs that are in the top six or seven or eight outside that you're going to get you're going to get plundered um, we were in a position l- this time last year and I said it last week and the week before where we were trying to build into a promotion challenge we, we chose not to do that for various reasons um, this time this year we're outside the position where we were this time last year so we're in we're in we're in the old plunder zone and um, as so we're going to get plundered yeah yeah we're going we're to get plundered and, and uh, that's the reason Tarkowski went on strike, and that's the reason Alan Judge is uh, being linked with several clubs. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a situation we can't change. We can't change the transfer window, but Brentford have to, um, have to cope with it. And, and, and I think we need to be buying rather than waiting for people to come along and, and, and buy our players.
6: There's two two points I'd make on that. I thought Dean Smith's quote be a quote for media was quite clever. There's, it's it's the January transfer window, not the January sales. I thought it was a really really good thing. You know, people are available. But it doesn't mean you buy them at discount prices. It's not, you know, uh, a, a discount offer. And, and the other thing about Evans, is I guess we just have to consider whilst we're all fans now in the inside, perhaps sometimes consider what the outside world thinks of our club you know you could look in at events over the last couple of weeks if you were a young man like Evans looking you could think we're as you know crazies a box of frogs or a bunch you know, of ship puffins or, a bunch of shit or other things that we've all agreed we're not going to say tonight um, you know from the outside world, without the benefit of our highly intellectual chat and background knowledge and high, you know de- decent research you could understand why someone from the outside were looking and go that might not be the club for me and also you have to concede that Reading's not an unattractive opposition. Is that is that, is that for is that for Brentford
5: football club to manage better the perception oh. of how the outside world sees us? I think that will happen over time
6: and you're right there is a perception issue there. But don't don't take away the fact that there is an opportunity at Reading. They're you know, they're a premiership club that's gone down with the big stadium and all the things we're trying to be. We're 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 a few years behind them in, in terms so you,
5: of you're structure. saying that Evans may want to go to Reading for the um the bus situation right. yeah, between yeah, the sure, station sure, and sure the and football, football grounds, yeah. Well, to the place
6: hut to. within the and waiting for
5: a bus for two hours, and they,
1: they have not got a jazz bar right beside the stadium to be honest with you. I think it's not Ronnie Spots, no, it but it sure. is a jazz bar, yeah,
5: Ronnie, a Spots. <laughs> 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 Ronnie Spots.
6: <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> what's holding <laughs> to him, but yeah, the, the, the point I'm making remains that you know, let's not. Kid ourselves that as an outsider, Reading is an unattractive offer compared to Brentford. We've come a long, long way, but yeah, it's not signing for, with no disrespect, a lower league team compared to us. It's a team in the same Walsall. league as us. I'm not naming teams, I'm not naming Walsall. That would be childish. So it's not someone like Walsall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I, just, I just think it's interesting. I, I think Preston's going to be a very level of game and see where we're at. In terms of being top half or or lower half of the championship, Um, I think after a a run of some pretty poor results, but some—I mean—the Middlesbrough being a a good game amongst it. uh,
5: Good game, good
3: game, bit of fun. Yeah, a little bit of fun. Terrible result. Uh, Followed up by Tarkovsky Gate and Burnley and etc. etc. So, good one to see where we're at, Uh, but 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 hopefully get the result that we need.
4: I agree with Dutch. We do have a perception problem, but I think it's more than just a couple of weeks. I think it's about a year now since Warburton Gate and the whole stats thing because of Warburton and how people perceived how what a great job he did. And I mean, I don't just mean Brentford fans. I mean the outside world and people. People have really dissed us. they've dissed the whole stats thing. You know, they've they've, they've you know in everything we do gets picked up on like Adrian Durham or whatever his name is I mean there's, there's there's that whole thing that just keeps going and I can understand why someone like George Evans would actually look at us look at our ground look look at the amount of fans we get compared to to Reading and just think well Reading but also Reading have probably got more money than us if they paid two and a half million just to have Vidra on loan for the for the season with the option of paying another ten million to, to actually to, to take him up Take his contract as well that shows that we are way behind some of these clubs that we think are, we're, we're on a level with but, but,
1: the, <laughs> but the question I'm going to come back to this, and this is a question that we are asking but the fact is that this is what we have to think about because it's, it's people are getting the old fist waving oh no we're not very at we're Brentford you're selling and stuff like that. but listen let's just get a reality pill we're in Division 1 we've got a new strategy we got a bit of statistics we got a bit of like natural kind of scouting all going on we find these players that no one else wants everyone's going we, we actually spent a lot of time convincing these players to come to us apparently I've heard as well it wasn't easy but they came to us but we thought these players are very good players weren't getting a chance elsewhere they came to us they stuck with us got them on contracts for you know, a relative period of time took us through from Division 1 into the Championship but also that momentum carried us through where we did very well last year all of a sudden last year everyone's going you know Brentford they're doing alright aren't they beforehand people we weren't shit on people's shoe you know what I'm saying they wouldn't look at us but now they're all going bloody hell so any time could you imagine an agent now Brentford are looking at they're looking at him so they'll go they'll entertain a player we want to go and get him Evans for a start then he'll go to Red and go Brentford are after them Ready, are going, oh, with Brentford are after him, he must be all right. That wasn't happening a year, a year and a half ago, two years ago. So we're in a different situation now where we can't compete because we ain't got the money. All these other characters are going on there. They're all sort of saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, Brentford this and Brentford that. But the question I'm saying to you is I'm not saying, oh, boo-hoo. I'm saying, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that situation where... Dry
5: rice, mate. Dry your
1: eyes.
6: But how do we deal
1: with it we can't
5: deal with it. No, so, no, but, we, but no. I
6: think what's interesting is we were talking about you know communications earlier and stuff the world knows about our recruitment strategy our world knows about you know the money ball and whatever the lazy stuff you guys other clubs are doing some of this stuff to an extent and you know we say we're not communicating on some levels but the whole world is challenging what we're doing and gives you know Durham the ammunition to make his pure old no no I mean you're, no, that, that's kind of quite a, other clubs are doing this. We've, we've sold ourselves very publicly in the way that we're doing business. No, no, they are. I mean, again. We've they're... opened ourselves up in, in some ways yeah. to that. You know, with the fact we're attracting players, we're still attracting promising players to grow and develop, as we talked about earlier in terms of the Yotters and Tarkovskis. Tekovsky sort of and, and all those people, and that's still our model. Our model, you know, we haven't really brought any experienced pros or anyone that we're trying to bring in. We're still going. Let's bring in people in and develop them. That's the, that's a great model for me to do it. But it, it, well, risk
5: risk is a is a big part of this. And, and, and but the
6: perception to, in terms of what we say with Evans, I still think the outside perception of our club is probably not as we see it as you know, insiders with a decent uh, amount of knowledge. Uh, and I, th- I th- think history I attached. think
5: there is a problem with having to get it right every time which we we, we, we need to get beyond we, we, we're not every every signing that we make isn't going to be a correct one every signing we make isn't going to be first team yeah, you know, we, we're going to we're going to try things out and things are going to work and some things are going to fail and as Brentford fans I think you know if you're going to buy into this, you need to just buy into the the, the, the win lose thing, and, and uh, that, that's not that's not a, that's not an apologist excuse for things not working out. That's just that's just like the way it is. You know, if, if we're going to survive in a in, a, in an environment where um, we're bigger with bigger stadiums and bigger crowds are going to compete with us, we we have to be we have to be clever. And if clever is taking a bit of a risk sometimes. We, we just ain't going to get it right every time And we, we, we've never got it right in the past So wh- how, come we, how come we're so fucking How come we're so like whole, We're so completely and utterly Right this time, you know
4: We, we were told from day one by Benham That you, you buy a player for a million You sell him for three And then you buy three players for a million One of those would be bust and then, But you sell the other two for good money and you build the, the club up that way.
1: But do you, keep, do you keep selling? That's the question. This is the question that we asked Phil Giles as well. Do you, when do you stop selling?
4: Yeah. Well, Phil, Phil Giles' answer I thought was fantastic. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't improve your team until you sell someone. Because you sell someone and you get someone in who's better. And if you don't sell anybody, you just have the same 11 players day in, day out for three years, you're not going to improve.
5: Are we, are, we, are we top of the league now? If we're top of the league now, then we don't buy or sell we're not top of the league so we need to buy and we can't buy until we sell and it, it, it's, it's a clear I mean like anyone can see that you cannot improve until you clear out the play, the players that can be improved okay
1: but, but, but devil's advocate is that it's great okay you, you you buy and you sell but if you buy and you don't mm-hmm. buy right and you have to sell, all of a sudden you, you're buying and then the, the value of the team goes down because the players that you're buying in maybe aren't as good as the ones that you're selling.
3: I mean, derisory offer or not, we've still, it seems, battered off all the uh, inquiries on our players thus far this transfer window. Other than maybe Toomes, who, who who's kind of might have put in a transfer request and wants to go and work with Warburton, but done so gently and has carried on playing, All the bids that have come in for Judge have been battered back off. All the bids so far that have come in for Taki have been battered back off. And Dean. And Dean. So, I mean, maybe maybe
1: we're not. Right, right. okay, but okay, I'm going to give devil's advocates because I've I've been thinking about this quite a lot over the past few days. And to be quite honest, we're probably not going to talk about Preston at all because we've got no idea what's going on there. We're going to talk about our team here. But just talking about this scenario, I'm almost thinking to myself, buying and selling, we've got. Players who they want to play for you, they want to go. And sometimes I thought, See, tell you something, let them, let them go. Let them. Let, we've we've got our, we've got our, we've got our team, and at the end of the day, we want people who want to play for our team. That's how it's always been with Brentford, right? And at the end of the day, it's like if we get to the two or two year cycle where people are going, well, to be quite honest with you, I don't really like what's going on here. To be quite honest, with you, why are we hanging on to them anyway? It's, it's not quite Adrian Durham's argument, where his argument was flawed. It's coming more from a fan perspective, saying, well, to be quite honest with you, if we can get six million from him, it's not like we want to sell him, but we actually want players playing for Brentford. If Tarkovsky don't want to play, he can go. If Alan Judge doesn't want to play, right... I love Alan Judge. I think he's brilliant. But if you don't want to play for my team, because you're not going to be here for 20 odd years, then you can go. If you want to play for Brentford, we'll try and sort something out and we'll go. I know it might be sort of quite controversial, but listen, at the end of the day, it's like we're Brentford play, fan, fans here. And the thing is that we need to have a team that's going in with the spirit and the vibe and the passion so that we can go into a battle against flipping Sheffield Wednesday and Derby and whoever. And we don't want these, we don't want the and Preston, we don't want these half-hearted Characters, yeah, taking the money and just saying, yeah, whatever. We'll just do it till next week. We'd rather bread for players coming in there.
5: Isn't a difference
6: this time. I think the real difference is there's people often more than one of our players. We've always been a selling club, but the the, the harsh reality is no one's wanted any of our bloody players you know, apart from the odd one, you know, it's been the star that goes up. This time, is the first time we've put this in, we could lose, yeah, we could lose one, two, three, four, five players. To date, we haven't lost any. You know, Yacht has gone back, the rest are all maybes and you know, we might sit here next week and have a completely different argument on it. You know? My concern really is, when we have a new ground, there's only so many gates you can name, like stands. We've so got Tarkovsky Gate and Warburton Gate. You know, if we end up with Judge Gate and Tumani Gate, there's no more gates left to name in the ground. You know, we've got to kind of put a stop to this now, otherwise the naming structure's gone out the window
5: indeed uh, yeah I, I think also the problem is that we need to be like a little bit more proactive or there needs to be a little bit more information that comes out of the football club in terms of how we're going to replace these potential losses you know judge you know to take judge out of Brentford football club you know that's a, that's a huge loss Tarkey you know, yeah, we, we could probably survive with that.
1: Dean... Uh, sorry, I don't want to judge. I oh, don't want him to leave. I think he's brilliant, you know, and I think he's a great player.
5: So bring yeah. him back. Well, I, I, I just hope he doesn't. But if he does, you know, we need to know who we're in for. And that this this is kind of the information management that needs to be managed slightly better by the football club, is that we need to be looking or the ones that are a little bit... You know, maybe this is the wrong word, predatory... Where we're the ones are active, yeah. Just yeah. I've said proactive already, but you know, yeah. Predatory in the terms of we're the ones that are going to plunder. You know, you know. There's people that say, oh, oh, it's it's terrible, it's terrible. The Brentford Football Club. You know, that's the way it is. But but, but I'm just going to
1: say to you, and I'm going to put the devil's advocate in. Don't you think we got Evans? And we've got um, Dean Smith knows him very well He says yeah Evans We're going to get Evans He's wicked Lovely player He's great player he's You know Man City society. Right now I'm just saying So he's, he said it to People inside We need to get him So they've gone for him They've He's recommended him They've looked on the machine They said right His stats look right We'll have him They've gone in for him would, would We've gone in for, you know, they, They've gone in for him And they've gone in for Evans And they thought Right we're going to have you Evans gone. That's brilliant He's gone to Reading And go Brentford want him Brentford want him do you want him because if you want him it's going to be this and that's kind of the situation that we're in now that we weren't in a year and a half ago I,
4: I don't know the answer to that I genuinely don't know um, yeah I mean is, is that yeah that's where we are well yeah uh, so, sorry we, I don't know
3: we, we cannot outspend the other clubs so we've got to think them and whether that's uh, that then backfires on us and, and when someone's agent goes Brentford want him but this means you've got to pay X amount for him, then that's maybe something that's backfired on us. If, if we can't then be the club that pays the wages and pays, pays the transfer fee that, that a player requires, then so be it. We've got to look at someone else. And, and,
1: and, and, and I have to say, I'm not saying this about the Evans because I'm, actually, I'm a bit gutted about that because I just thought he was actually, I thought he was there and who's going to land, who's going to come, the information came in, and the Evans is going to be there, a few other players as well, and you just realise what a difficult situation we are in, and I think also a transient situation we're in as a club as Brentford, and as a lot of people say, is about finances, is it the fact that maybe, you know, it's difficult for us, we've got a wage structure which is quite limiting for us, because all of a sudden we've become a successful club, with quite a limited budget. So what's happened is that we keep getting our assets stripped if we're not careful. Do we have to look at that budget? This is not our money, because, you know, Math Benham spent a load of money. He spent £100 million plus, right? So it's a difficult situation. Do you put your foot down and say, bollocks to that? We're going to have to just look, even be more left field about the players we get, which is going to be more of a gamble.
6: I agree with all that. I mean, I don't know the answer. Have have we got a wage structure? Is there a formal wage structure in place? Could you make...
1: Yes, there is. Is the answer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Could you make Alan Judge your marquee player? You know, could you sell that to that? I don't know the answer. Could you make to the rest of the team? You know, do you know what? Judge is going to earn more than you because he is our marquee player. That's going to get you guys up to a level where either you progress to the next division or you yeah, get sold on. Back. You know, would, would players? I don't know the answer. I'm just putting it forward as, as a conversational piece. You know, if if by keeping Judge, you get up to the Premiership and then the bonuses and the salaries that go with it and the TV money. You know, if you're a player in a team, if you were if you were McLeod coming as a new one, would you begrudge judge? No, no, begrudge judge. Would you begrudge judge? That sort of thing. Yeah, is there, I mean, it's a question rather than a statement. But Is oh, there scope there to keep judge as the prime example that we're talking about and say yes we will pay you we can't quite match what they're offering but you know here's our best package
5: I, th- I think we're looking for evidence of this kind of perpetual um, re- re- reimbursement this, this perpetual kind of reloading of the squad where the evidence is that the the algorithm or the, the model or the way that we identify players is going to be continually growing. replenished yeah and growing you know if we lose a judge, we can re- replace it by someone else, and it's it's the confidence and, uh, you know. Even Southampton, you know, Southampton, are, 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 the alarm bells are going off down uh, down at down at the St Mary's or the Dell, where where all of a sudden you know you've got this kind of this conveyor belt, or it may not be it may not be it may not be ever ending. So you know you, you need this confidence where you've got you've got players coming through. We haven't got that at the moment, and if we use we we lose a Yotta where are we going to replace him? We're going to get. we to So look, we're going to come back to the Preston game. We're not going to talk about the Preston game, other
1: than the fact that we're going up to Preston and we need to beat them because they're on the same level of us. So guys, just give us a score prediction of what you reckon we're going to do up north when we play the Preston. Who you know they've they're doing they're doing alright the old Preston to be fair to them and also we've got a very good relationship with the Preston fans We're meeting us off the train and uh, they're very happy with us and they're going to be taking us to all sorts of venues on, on Saturday afternoon
3: uh, very hard team
4: to beat 1-1 uh, one, one.
3: Uh, big up Preston offending first of all I think they're great fans uh, I think 2 all. Oh.
6: For anyone who listens to my predictions, I probably my wife and my kids, that's about it. You'll notice that most of them are nonsense I never predict the bees to lose, um, and I won't change that. I do expect some sort of bounce back. I do think we were slightly unlucky against Middlesbrough, um, and, and Warsaw to some degree, you know, and I think that changes at some point. I think we will win one 1-0
5: I'm going to come across as some sort of puffing, and um, well, maybe. Um, I don't think we're going to win. I think we're going to lose two 0 And and for me,
1: uh, I'm, I'm I'm not. I don't think the bees are going to lose. I think we'll bounce back from this. We're not going to win. I think we've got one all um, in my books here against the Preston North End. But I think we'll have a right good day out as well, indeed. So listen. It's been the Besotted Pride of West London podcast coming from Central London. We've had a good day here. Um, the guests around the table here that we've had here, you know, we've got the Sav Man, we've got the Edward the Headwood, we've got the Dutchman, we've got Lainey, myself, Billy the Bee. Um, we've had some uh, secret guests here which we can't even talk to you about who have been overlooking and seeing what's going on, drinking oh, beer oh. and all sorts of alarchy. But, you know, these kind of things happen here in Central London, as they say. But look, Preston on Saturday... Bees hopefully going to bounce back. Maybe Tarkovsky's been the scene. Tarkovsky's going to be, be bothered, in if the he team can be bothered. if he can be bothered to turn up. You know, maybe it'd be a good place for yeah, him it'd to. Be tu- it'd be a good place for him to turn up. You know, he's in you know his mates will turn up as they did for Blackpool and they did for other places. You know, all over the shop, and uh, there's not going to be a, a tremendous amount of bees fans up there. Maybe two three hundred. So maybe that's the best place for Target to reappear and actually put in a half decent appearance for the bees, but. This is the Pride of West London podcast. Subscribe to us on Audio Boom, on iTunes, Besotted Brentford, on YouTube, and also besotted.co.uk. There's all sorts of articles there. You can even see the Adrian Durham interview, which is up on the Besotted website and on our Audio Boom site. But anyway, Saturday is coming. We are very, very excited already. It's like the beers are already on the table here now and we we're going to be going forward for the game on Saturday. But before the game, we're going to give the old usual chant for our boys. As we say,
5: Come on, you bees! Get puffing. I
1: was a bit worried you'd go on a strike for that one. but.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.